Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Two Detroit Nerds. I'm your host, Adam, here with my co-host. Dom, the one and only. And we've put together a really special episode for you guys today. This episode is going to run the gamut of all the different things that you've come to love from our show, whether that's anime reviews and interpretations, whether that's music talk, whether that's just general media conversation. You're going to find that here. But there will be another segment that we'll be uh, showcasing for you guys tonight. Something that some of you, uh, some of our older listeners, might have an understanding of what that might be. Uh, this will be the episode in which we unveil the Race Science Laboratory. Uh, this has been a lot of work and effort. I think Dom and I, we've spent somewhere around 2 to $3 million just putting together the, the licensing, getting the doctors flown all across this planet just to do this one segment. So... Uh, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be something that we're all gonna enjoy, and we hope that you guys learn something from it. Uh, before we continue, though, there is something that we should be talking about. We have to get these likes, and we have to get these subscriptions. Um, this has to happen in order for this show to continue. In order for us to have the ability to talk to you, beautiful people, we need to be in an algorithm. The only way we can get into an algorithm is if our show is liked and subscribed to. So it takes a second for you, and it means the world to us. We would love if you guys just went ahead and did that on this episode. Please. Moving in. Let's get started. Let's get this thing on. All right. So in terms of anime, I went back and I watched uh, Code Geass. I don't know how much we've gotten into Code Geass here. Slightly. We've, we've mentioned it. It's yeah. Point. I only watched it like 20 episodes. Okay. It's, I mean, it's two seasons, so you got like the first season. Yeah. Okay. What'd you What'd you think? All I All I can remember is uh, Lelouch being super smart. Okay. That's it. That's yeah. about it. That was a long time ago. So. Yeah. That's kind of, what everybody says about him, so that's normal. Yeah. yeah that's I mean, the one takeaway. I know it's good. I could probably probably watch it, but it's been a minute. Oh, it's but real good. There's like mechs, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's a mecha high school drama like. Uh, military anime all rolled into one. Uh, you've got some really interesting concepts that uh, abound throughout the show and a lot of, um, I would say, high concept stuff like when it comes to like the philosophies and the ethics and what's right and what's evil, what's good and all that kind of stuff. It's a really heavy show uh, when it comes to the subject matter. Um, my only thing about that show is that I feel like I've seen it before. Uh-oh. I feel like I've seen that show before. The actual show or just... No, like he's saying that it's, it's done in a way of... It's like a lot of other things, I would assume. Yes. Uh, something struck me in reading a uh, My Anime List commentary board a little while ago. On Code Geass? Not on Code Geass. This is on the top 20 animes okay. um, that would fit into those genres. Basically mm -hmm. like action, uh, high school drama type shows. Uh, all of them that came out from like 2010 to 2018 and that period of time has the most fours and fives on the one to ten scale um, oh, yeah. of anime for, like for, the, for their ratings like it has the most dud animes out of that time period makes sense so there's something to be said about you've got a very good show like Code Geass but there's something about the subject matter when it's repeated you know Ad, ad nauseum that makes it like uniquely bad or not even bad but like what's the word I, I guess what I'm saying is it's 
it's the mediocre of anime in a way. Yeah. Would you? Yeah, it's like a. It's like an easy to write, easy to build yeah. off kind of thing, and unless you really have something to actually bank on, like if if you can do something better than all these other similar shows, it kind of just gets tossed into the same pile as the rest. Yeah, I would the, say the, the tropes of it are like old, not not old, but no, it's just it's just kind of everything, only, like like the inclusion of Max, right? Yeah. The main character fits the trope. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. battles end up fitting certain tropes. Like it, it's it's more than just a design or just the story it's down to almost every last little detail that you would think should be different in those cases but in most times aren't but i think i think i feel like ogias gets a pass here for this <laughs> no only I, because yeah oh okay no, okay good 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 definitely good, good, yeah, good. But, but please continue i was just wanted to say kogias is the one is the good one out of this because i and i and i am agreeing with you on a lot of this right now too because mm-hmm. first and foremost my first impression of watching kogias not necessarily the plot of the show, but the characteristics of Lelouch, the main character. I it, He's damn near, besides a little bit of maybe his clothing, color of his eyes, and a little more. I, it was almost like they just copied and pasted uh, L from, or not L, Light from Death Note. Yeah. Because he, he's really, they're, they're so similar in so many ways, just like kind of without giving too much away, you know. They're your first impression upon seeing them, you know, they're just a high school kid. It's probably that guy. He's getting really good grades, super smart, good at sports, all those types of things. But then you kind of see he's got this, like, conniving side to him. You see it very subtly at first. And then more as the story progresses, it comes out more and more. That's what I get from it, at least. Um, now, what I think sets this apart where it doesn't follow those same tropes, I think the ability system in the show was cool because... You don't really... I've seen abilities like those, but I kind of like how it almost comes off as downplayed a little bit. Not in the bad sense, but downplayed in a way of like, okay, yeah, he's got a really strong power if he's the right way, but it's not like, oh, I'm the strongest. Nobody can really do too much against me. Mm-hmm. So it's kind it's very well balanced, I guess I should say, in terms mm-hmm. of the power scaling and, and how that goes about. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I fuck with Kogi Yas. I watched it not too, too long ago, and I feel like it also... You can tell what era it's made in. The animation yeah. style and just the aesthetic throughout the whole show is just like... Yeah. It, it almost comes off as a 90s show to me. Yeah. The way that it's drawn, the way it was so illustrated, it, so. it really seemed like a 90s show. Even like with some of the things that they allow in the show that you won't see in too many shows yeah. today. Just things like that. And it's good, man. I would You should rewatch it and you finish yeah, all of it. I, I yeah, I finished all of it. Yeah, yeah. Like the read, who knows? The read could be better as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I, I think with Kogias, to me, it just enlightened me on the idea that even though you have these great juggernaut shows like Kogias, mm-hmm. it almost, like, the trade-off of that, like, what you get as a result of something like that being as good as it is, is, like, the 20 or 30 other shows that are going to come and sort of muddy up the, uh, the, the subgenre in itself. And I guess maybe that's something that's, you know, you can't uh, avoid. Yeah, but I find in in that particular subgenre, let's call it like military high school, <laughs> yeah. like something like that. Um, that subgenre I feel is is particularly mediocre outside of Kogias. Mm-hmm. And I think and I think it is Kogias's fault that it's so that that mediocre because Kogias was so good right. that they just sort of set the stage for things that you know couldn't really keep up. What do you think? I mean, 
As far as like high school, like military, the only other, I mean, from like the one that from that time that mm-hmm. I remember is like Hitman Reborn. That's not really military, but they're like part of the mafia and like. Oh shit! I'll do that. And it's like high school characters, and it's like time travel. But like that, the anime for that I remember watching was alright, and I like started reading it, and it was like good. Okay. And I, you know, sometimes it might. Some reads are better than watches, bro. It might be too, like, uh, I liked it at the time, but now, you know, I might not. Mm -hmm. Was it, like, kiddish a little bit? I mean, it was a shown, but... That's all I need to know right there. It can only get so serious. Right. Yeah, you can only get so serious. Like, you know, you can only do so much. But even then, you know, like, the, the mafia aspect of it, like, you know, people are using guns and, like... Organize like I guess similar to like the military. Yeah, I mean the mafia could be looked at as military. It's just an it's an illegal, unorganized one. Yeah, Yeah, organized still, but not organized by the government. I don't know. In most cases. Um, yeah, like as you just said that the whole like high school aspect. I was trying to think of what else I've watched I could compare that to, and there are a couple other shows now that I'm scanning back through my brain about what I remember seeing in these shows. Like, there was a show me and you have talked about multiple times off the air for being one of those uh, halfway pedo shows, mm-hmm. uh, the regular at Magic School. Okay, yeah, I do remember this. Yeah. So, outside of the weird things that any any of our listeners or viewers are that are in here with us are going to know what I'm talking about in this. It's not why I watch the show. Um, it was almost the exact same type of setting when it came time to, like, for the interactions within school. Like, just just like there is in Code Geass. I mean, you had your student council was a big thing. You know what I'm saying? The student council uh, president, she had a lot to do with just the show itself, the plot. Not more, obviously, than certain characters, but mm-hmm. a lot. All these girls, like Lelouch, he's the one they all want. You know what I'm saying? Like, they all want him. He's, like, the the guy that's up on the pedestal for everybody. It, it was so similar. And you just saying that reminded me of that. So I'm definitely more in agreement now to... It's not the best genre. Yeah. It's it because it's it's like we already said, I mean it's, it's easy to recreate. Because you got those those main standing things that I feel like the large majority of the audience would come to that show for is what they all have with them. You know what I'm saying? Like they all know, "Hey, we can we got to do this, got to do this, got to do that." Which I mean, you could say that about a lot of other genres, but some of these genres do the same things and they're very good. Whereas this Kogias is good, but the genre itself is like, uh it's almost like the genre is scaffolded up by Code Geass. Like, yeah. It, it almost is only legitimate as a result of that one mm-hmm. uh, title. The the other thing that, that really um, I was thinking about the other day that, that uh, kind of goes in with this is that if you look at the sort of low point of anime in like the like late aughts, like 07 to like 10, mm-hmm. Um, you run into a show called Full Metal Panic. Has anybody seen that show? I have not. It I've is, meant to watch it. It is on Crunchyroll. Please watch it. Because it's like, it's the crack cocaine version of like what we're talking about. Like, it's the most distilled, like uh, primal, like not dressed up in any type of philosophy or, or high-minded belief mm-hmm. systems. It's just giant robot. Uh, scientific organization the assassin has to protect young high school girl because she's the key to saving the universe or whatever right 
and the show has like 15 different spinoffs. It's it was incredibly popular at its time. Mm-hmm. Has some really good animation, but um, what it says to me is that like the I think it's the more uh, banal the the word meaning like the stupider things about that subgenre about the high school kid that's also a, like a, an assassin. That whole thing I think it really only works if the dumb parts of it work. Yeah. Like, it can't, it can be high-minded, like Code Geass and everything, but even Code Geass, they do a little, some, you know, kind of risque stuff. Oh, big time. To, to get the show going. And, like, the violence and the action scenes in Code Geass also is what elevates it to a certain level. But, like, if you were to take that violence and you take the, the high-mindedness and all that stuff away from it, but you just left a uh, hot high school girl needs to be protected by, um you know dark brooding assassin and like they have to like they fall in love but then they don't like that whole back and forth kind of thing that you find in, in uh, anime if you had that going it would still work yeah it doesn't really yeah, so you're just saying. it doesn't need to be code geass yeah just to, to work right yeah, yeah. yeah. sometimes like uh, less is more almost like instead of yep. adding yeah. all the mm-hmm. like uh teaching that like uh, ethics and Right. Yeah, because well, not everybody's people. there for that, bro. Some people really just want to, like, not saying this is all Full Metal Panic comes down to be, but some some people just want to come see the visuals. They, they like to see, like, a differently drawn, uh, different personality character kind of within a similar setting as another show. Like, certain shows also get too far into things. Like, not necessarily for me, but, I like, I remember, uh, like, Steins Gate. Like, I, when I very first tried to go watch that, I was like, Phew. Like, I knew, bro. I'm like, I can't just, can't just stick with that. You know, I can't just fall asleep watching this. I'm like, I got to fucking be glued to my TV. So, I definitely get that for sure. So, that, you know, yeah, simpler, so, you know, yeah, more simple like, could uh, be better. Oh, this reminds me of, like, what's the movie? Like, a, is it Grindhouse? Yeah. Grindhouse. Yeah. Like, That's what's... It's just, like, pure action. Yeah, There's Grindhouse. Like, you know, like is that the movie action. the girl, she got the gun as her leg? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like that kind of style of movie, just like you know. Yeah, you know, you're not like, there for the story. There's no like different meaning or like. <laughs> no, it just it is what it the, is. Like, action yeah, and the plot, it's all out. Which doesn't have to be that much. You just gotta hit like you know the major plot points. Yeah. Key to the universe. Yeah. Double yeah. life. Yeah. Um, I actually liked Grindhouse. Yeah, Grindhouse is great. Do you guys want to talk movies for a second? All the time. All right, we're we're talking movies now, guys. We've now turned things over to the uh, film segment. We're sitting now in our uh, recliner chairs. and uh, Feet up. Feet up. Popcorn on the side. I have a cigar. Yeah. And uh, now we're going to talk. <laughs> Electronic cigar. <laughs> I have my cigar. Yeah. Um, no, but I think uh, we were going to talk about uh, Glass Onion a little while ago. Oh, yeah. I don't think we ever got to. You liked Glass Onion. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. I mean, I thought it was good. I, um, I don't know. I'm, you know, any type of like uh, murder mystery or mm. like thriller type of movie. You know, it's probably one of my favorite genres. But yeah, I thought I thought Glass Onion was good for a sequel. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, I, it definitely was not as original I feel like as Knives Out which was you know just Clue yeah but <laughs> that's what it was basically yeah, it was Clue with uh, um, like an extra you know, like a main character mm-hmm. but it was 
I mean, Glass Onion, the toys, I like the toys. I'm definitely mm. going to see that coming. Mm. And, like, even the one at the end, too. Can I get a summary of Glass Onion? I know nothing of it. No trailers. Heard of it. That's about it. Yeah, it's like a super rich friend from the past throws a murder mystery party every year, I think. And then uh, it's like on his private island and some you know, people actually start dying. And there's like, you know, they got to find out who the killer is. It's uh, reminding me of the uh, the Clue episode of Family Guy. Yeah. Bro. It's like, you know, some people that... Slow down. I didn't ask for a summary of the twist. Can we do the spoiler? Yeah, go ahead. Spoil it. I don't give a fuck. Spoil it. I'll spoil it without spoiling it. There's some people that you think are dead. Aren't dead. No, that's not really spoiling it. Yeah, it's not really a spoiler, though. I would almost expect that from a movie like that. Not saying, you know, I know what's going to happen in movies before I see them. Some people that you think aren't dead are dead. Oh, okay. Good twist. I like that. The, the the thing that made it so hard for me to engage with that movie was like the layers and layers of contemporary like thought and like the layers of modernity is the only way I can describe it. Like modern life was like another character in the in the movie. Like everybody was talking about Corona, everybody was talking about like this and that Twitter. Yeah. Uh, so much of the lead up in the first twenty minutes is like almost like an exposition about the world that we all already live in, which yeah. I felt... Which I, you don't need. Yeah. Which we're, I, we're living that. We're like, li- exactly. I don't need to see it on the fucking big screen. No, I, I feel you, because I can't all the time I think of what movies I've seen, but any, even even some... I, it's kind of more acceptable in a TV show, but in movies, it's like... It's like it's like that, like, reach and try to grab. Like, let me, oh, they said something about Twitter. Twitter's my favorite app. I love this yeah. movie now. It's almost... I don't want to say selling out, but it's like, yikes. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see how it works in, like, TV shows. Like, that's a better one. It's, like, 20 minutes, 23 minutes, you know, if it's a half-hour show. But, uh, yeah, I don't really like when movies, you know, I like movies set in the modern time. Yeah. But I don't really care to, like, have, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, references to... Modern. Your everyday like, life. life. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, yeah. You know, you're going to the movie to like <laughs> escape. Get away from all yeah. that. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I don't want to feel like the characters I'm watching are somebody I could possibly just randomly yeah. pass yeah. by in life. Like, yeah. If it's like a historical movie. Yeah. That's like how they lived back then. You, know, you like, kind of have to include yeah, that because it's not the times we live in today. And. But like, I, I don't know. It's just. I definitely see what you're saying. Like how it could be off putting. It was it was very off putting to me. One of the things though is I love Ryan Johnson, the guy who yeah. made it. Have you, have you ever seen his first film, Brick? Brick is his first movie. I don't think so. No. You, if there's anything like forget about Evangelion, like <laughs> whoa whoa. About Evangelion. Yeah, this is very crazy that he just said forget about Evangelion. I never heard those words leave this man's mouth listen, ever. Listen, I, I, ever. I will sadly say that Evangelion will have to take a back seat this movie Brick it was his first film he was like an assistant AD an assistant uh, like a uh, assistant director um, he was about to go back to like teaching high school or something because he couldn't get the financing for the script that he wrote yeah. which turned out to be Brick found found some ways to like get things to work out made the most literally the most interesting indie film I've ever seen 
and then fast forward, he's like doing Star Wars and shit now. Yeah. Like, but all of that. Wait, that he did the new Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen any of them. He, Me either. But like that shows you how good that movie is because the trajectory that he went. Yeah, on, where it took him. Where it took him, like Brick is such an a. I don't want to sound too pretentious. No, I do it. But I'm gonna sound super pretentious right now. It is a symphony of young suburban, like danger and bold and partying bullshit lifestyle. It is the magnum opus of that world of the whole kids in the in the suburbs doing bad things and then bad things start happening to them. But it's written in a way where. It's supposed to be like a 50s crime novel, so they talk in this very weird slang. It sounds crazy. It sounds awesome. It sounds like uh, they talk like, uh, like, a, like a black and white TV show. Yes, they talk like they, they talk like uh, guys who would be wearing like hats and like, hey, you know. Hey, darling, I just got home from work. Give me a drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah literally, yeah. And it, but So he makes the dialogue work like that. The score is incredible. The shots are just fucking... I mean, if there's any way you can see that movie before we talk <laughs> oh, again next yeah, week. Yeah, I'll watch it, I'll watch it. When yeah. did it come out? Uh, it came out, I think, in 2005. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, what kind of, what, what's the genre? Uh, I would say mystery suspense. Okay. And uh, it was also Joseph Gordon-Levitt's first big movie. He's a good so, actor. He is a good actor. You, uh, got, you gotta watch that. You gotta watch Brick. But, yeah. You know, I was thinking of, like, uh, like kind of the same thing, of, like... Uh, how you're talking about like shows like Code Geass that weren't as deep, mm, mm. Uh, but worked, mm-hmm. and like a modern movie like uh, like a movie set in modern times that's like not too deep. It's just like sticks to the genre and hits like the major plot points. Mm. It's like Project X. Project oh the yeah. like the movie Project yeah. X. Oh yeah yeah that's, that's fucking awesome. It's like a fun movie. It's yeah. like a fun movie to watch. And it's there's it, no like because you want to be you you no yeah you want to be you want to see yeah. all that shit you know yeah. what I'm saying it's not like a everyday thing that's nowhere near an everyday thing you hear about let alone experience yourself definitely want to be inside that and the coolest thing about Project X too is that yeah of course it's exaggerated but what it really is is it's true it's yeah. true it's true in its spirit like the spirit of youth at that time in America of kids living in the suburbs whose parents had too much money, who lived in these sorts of, like, uh, miniaturized castles, who had uh, tons of ability to, you know, tons of resources and ability to entertain themselves endlessly. What would happen if they organized and made a a sort of, uh, like, Roman-level party (laughs) for for their own entertainment and amusement? Because they, in in our time period, they are the, the aristocracy. They are the... The yeah, people who can do that. Yeah. Sure. Right. It's, another, it's, yeah. Another thing, too, is, uh, like, the score for a movie was, like, make or break for me. You know, if it's got, like, a bad soundtrack. Mm-hmm. You can't, yeah. You know, just, like, just cut it out. Movie. Yeah. Take, take, just take the whole soundtrack right. off. Well, like that, you know, I would even prefer that sometimes. There's a movie I watched a long time ago, Bone Tomahawk. Oh, it, yeah. With, uh, Kurt Russell... Yeah, see, uh, it, I think this right, is, that movie's I, nuts. Have you seen it? No. So, this is the thing. You're going to be watching that movie, and you're going to be like, why is it called Bone Tomahawk? 
and then you learn about halfway I, through. I feel like somebody else told me that before. It's called bone, like. It's it's good. There's some there's real some good. Brutal deaths, but it's like there's no soundtrack in the movie. Yeah. At all. So and like you don't even notice because it's like the, it's so good. Like the plot, like you just want to like keep finding out what happens. Like absolutely no music no in music. the movie at all. No Damn, that's nuts. Because as soon as you said that, I was trying to think. Have I seen any other movies that are kind of like that? And literally none. Like, I mean, there's like probably noise. none. There's like noise, you know, because they're in like a western. Yeah, no, I meant like just a music. City, mm-hmm. you know, in the frontier. Yeah. Like, so like, there's like, you know, it adds to. No, I know it's not a. I know it's not a silent film. Yeah. I'm just saying. Oh yeah, I know, but yeah, it's not like just dialogue. Yeah. No, yeah, I would hope not. <laughs> just, just flat audio, just talking. <laughs> Dude, that would fucking suck. It adds to that level of realism too when you're not being when you're not being brought into something with the normal things that you're used to, like you're used to hearing movie music, that's one of the ways that your brain can say, this isn't real, what I'm watching. This yeah. is a mm-hmm. But when you take away certain things, it's your brain is watching it like they're, like you're, like it's Like it's there, real. Like it's yeah. real. And the boy, does the movie take advantage of that? Um, well, that's, dude, that's, that, and that's why, you know, when you watch movies with brutal killings, you know, just, just horrific deaths, that's why you fucking get, like, not amped up in a way, like, I mean, depending on the movie, like, you'd be happy about mm-hmm. seeing the death on screen, mm-hmm. but it's because, like, I think about a lot of things where it's, like, where I felt fucked up after watching the movie, mm-hmm. and the no music for sure does it for me. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you, did you watch Nope? N- uh, Nope? Yeah. No, oh, no, no, not Nope. No, I <sighs> is it good? I mean, it's, it's alright for what it is, but, bro, there's, there's a specific scene with the chimp, and I okay. First and foremost, you know, majority ninety nine percent of them, any movie I've ever watched, I know isn't real. You know, yeah, right, right. And I knew this movie wasn't real, but there was aside from the one scene, there was actually two scenes. But the one specific scene was just this chimp, and I and I also realized why it made me feel the way I did. There's I don't think there's any music playing at the part, and like mm-hmm. basically all you're hearing is like the crushing of a human skull constantly, cool. and it sounds very realistic. And I guess I, I just realized the second reason why I felt like I really felt it in that scene. I don't know why I was like, fuck, dude, was um, a chimp could actually fucking do that. Mm-hmm. And that's what kind of tied it together for me. I was just like, that shit, I'm telling you, bro, after I left the movie theater that night, that shit was just embedded in my brain for days. Damn. I could not forget it. Damn. Yeah, and like it's because it's happening off screen too. Yeah, which yeah. also brings the realism into it as well. Like, like they show the, you know, they show the chimp and then like, just all you do is hear the chaos that's like happening. Well, it, it's it's there's two there's two scenes of it. There's there's the scene I think it's the introduction scene of the aftermath of what happens, and then later on throughout the movie you see the actual scene, you know, with the off screen part that. Oh man. Bone Shit Tom, fucks with me. Bone Tom good. Yeah, um, I would say the best new western, like new western. Damn, for sure. Got to get back into watching movies. Uh, took a took a long break of watching movies consistently. Yeah. Not for any specific reason. I just was more invested in other things, so I'm not to get to it. Feel you, man. Uh, so we could we could step into the laboratory if if uh, if we're all willing. I think so. Okay. So, race science laboratory segment. 
this is uh, typically where we like to interview various people about their experiences uh, living as a specific race. And um, it's not meant to be divisive. In fact, it's quite the, con- the contrary. The contrary. <laughs> contrary. The contrary. I like that. The Stick con- with that. <laughs> Jesus. It's quite the contrary. The point of this is to really understand just how similar a lot of our walks of life actually are and to find some humor in it as we go. There is another thing. It's really funny. Trust Hilarious. Me. All right. So, um, we were going to we were going to do you, but you you don't want to I'll do. You do? Okay. All right. So, Mike. Mike Lyles. Well, tell me where you grew up. Suburb out of north of Detroit, Michigan. Okay. Center Line, Michigan. Center Line. Three miles north of Detroit. You, you, you need the description with that because whenever we tell anybody Center Line, they're like, where? And right. For those that it's don't like know, a it's, a, it's a mile, mile. by a mile. Yeah, it's okay. like a one by one mile. It's in the middle of Warren. Okay. Which is like the third largest city in Michigan. Okay, so you're near the third largest city. Uh, in the middle. In the middle. Surrounded the, by Warren. Surrounded by Warren. You're in the Sea of Warren. Warren is an extension of Detroit. Yeah, it's like a suburb. Suburb. Like Ferndale, whatever. Right. And in this world, you would say, was it a particularly safe world? Was it a particularly rough rough world? What would you... No, how would I you? mean, from what I remember growing up, you know, it was, like, safe. Okay. Definitely didn't have to, like, be home at night. Mm-hmm. In like middle school age, mm-hmm. uh, you know, could like, you know, felt comfortable like walking around. Didn't have to like think twice about like uh, playing tag outside, riding bikes at night, or nothing. You know. Okay. Um. So I would say safe. Yeah. So it was a safe area, suburb. Yeah. So in your life, when did you first start to become aware of? let's just call it what it is, racial issues or racial differences, just as they were, like, that, that they existed as a concept, I mean. Uh, probably, I don't know, like, fifth or sixth grade. Fifth or sixth grade? Yeah. Was there, like, a particular moment where you were introduced to it, or did it just kind of slowly, you kind of put, put the piece together and said, oh, okay, this is this and that's that? Um... I don't know. There wasn't like a moment where like I had like uh, you know mm-hmm. seen something happen, right. and someone was like, "Oh, that's what racism is." Yeah, that's <laughs> right. like because that's someone like a different race than mm-hmm. you know why they're acting like that or saying that. Mm-hmm. But I do remember like being on like uh, like the playground at school, mm-hmm. and like you know like hearing certain words and like going home and like mm-hmm. asking like you know. Or, like, even looking it up on the computer, like, what, what yeah. does that word mean? Yeah, right. And, like, then, you know, like, uh, I think, too, like, when I started getting more friends in middle school, like, uh, outside of, because, like, elementary school was, from what I remember, just all white kids. I'm okay. sure it wasn't, but, yeah. Yikes. I don't really That's remember, you know, too much from elementary school days. <laughs> Whoa. Besides, you getting baked as a kid, huh? <laughs> no. I mean, I remember, like, uh, you know. We should have do, clipboards. Doing your, multipli- like, mm-hmm. <laughs> your multiplication to uh, get an ice cream sundae. If you could do 
one times one, you know. Early introduction to drugs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real, for sure. But I mean, like, in middle school, you know, I was, like, that's when, like, all the four elementaries in the district, like, mm. the first time all the kids were together. Right. Uh, and this is and when... Like, yeah, so, like, this... This is, like, all... It's not Centerline anymore. But, uh, it's, like, Centerline School District. Um, that's when I, you know, like, started having, like, black friends, mm-hmm. Hmong, Asian friends, Hmong friends. Uh, I do remember, actually, in elementary school, I had, because there's, like, a big Hmong population in Warren. What is Hmong? Uh, they're from, I want to say, Thailand? Oh, like, uh, Southeast Asian. Yeah, it's a, it's a, uh, I can't, I, I don't know, see if Tom can look it up for me, but anyways, it's like not, you know, mm-hmm. they, they're Asian. Mm-hmm. Thailand, Laos, yeah, Vietnam, Laos, and Laos, Southeast China. Okay. Uh, so there's like a big population in South Warren, but I remember in elementary school, there was like a, <laughs> my Chinese friend, a friend in elementary school was Chinese. And he was like the only, you know, there was a lot of Asian kids, mm-hmm. but he was like the only Chinese one because mm-hmm. everyone else was Hmong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember going over his house, like going over his house in like third grade, and like just like eating up, like his mom had like they had a pretty big family, I think, a little brother and two little sisters. But like you know, just eating like get out of a gallon of ice cream and yeah, you know, I thought that shit was so sweet. Things you weren't doing at yeah. home, that's for Things damn sure. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I mean, I would say like middle school. You know, started, like, developing friendships with people outside of my race, you know, because, like, we were interested in the same stuff, like, uh, you know, like, anime, for one. Yeah. Like, one of, you know, a lot of my good friends I met through, like, uh, I remember one time we were playing, like, basketball across the street at the middle school, like, after school got out, and mm-hmm. uh, we were just, like, playing 21 or something with, like, you know, people would go up there. It was like three basketball rooms, so there'd be like kids our age, older kids, you know. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a full court, but there would be a decent amount of people up there. And like uh, one of my, well, one of the kids, like we were playing, and every time he would shoot, he would say Chidori. Chidori. Like, Chidori. Chidori. He wouldn't know. He's not an Arsenal fan. Oh, yeah. Sasuke is like super. It's one of the coldest ones. Uh, Sasuke, it's like Rasengan. Oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. So he was, uh, he was an anime fan. Yeah, yeah. and I like. Me and Adam like did a double take like when like after we like recognized it because mm. I think when we first started getting Naruto mm. and like you know you know like it's like a lifelong friend yeah and, but you know shout out Tony yeah shout out Tony wow. uh, <laughs> and like even through sports too like soccer basketball like a lot you know I, like at that time I think mm-hmm. you know everyone just like wanted to have fun and enjoy themselves. Yes. And find where they could fit in. Yeah. Yeah, find where you could fit in. Like, uh, I mean, I'd be lying if I didn't say, you know, like, uh, I was a bit of a nerd. (laughs) (laughs) Was? Not like a jock. Yeah, I'm not like super athletic jock. But like, so, you know, I really wasn't friends with like a lot of Mm -hmm. the I don't want to like stereotype, but like. No, stereotype, bro. Right. Okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The wrestlers. Mm. I like skateboarding too. Mm-hmm. Things that, that things are a little bit more. Yeah. Early. The neighborhood kids yeah. growing up. Yeah. Like, were 
so you so you grew up with you had people in your neighborhood who were black yeah who lived in your neighborhood this is something that I find so interesting because like you know like a lot of these cities that are outside of Detroit were built for white flight were built mm-hmm. specifically for white people to not like live near yeah so it's just always interesting like when you go to places, a place like Warren, where like it's totally interracialized, like oh, people. big time. So it's like, when did that project stop for the people who were trying to sort of whiteify their area? Like, when did they sort sort of decide? Okay, was it with your parents' generation that it happened? You know, was there anything? Um, you know? I, mean, I uh, so this seems like Reddit posts, like Detroit itself and like the Metro Detroit area mm. is super unique, like compared to any other major city. Mm-hmm. because of like how many <coughs> different like immigrants mm-hmm. like from Europe uh, like I would say like my grandparents generation so that's like people born in the 1920s like pre-World War One or mm-hmm. World War Two, leaving Europe and coming here and like uh, as like a stop on the Underground Railroad and uh mm-hmm. Like being like a safe city in the north from even time like before that, mm. like, uh, and then like the invention of the car, like it drew people from all over the world. Mm. Yeah, because it created to, so many jobs. So yeah. like the city. Yeah, so many jobs. In like the metro area, and I don't even know. My grandma said she used to work at Ford, I think, and would like wake up at five and take the bus. Yeah. You know, like, my grandpa, when my grandpa came over here from Iraq, like one of his first jobs he had was that Chrysler. Yeah. One of his very first jobs, and he, you know, he stuck with it. He liked yeah. it, but it's, it's just, that was just crazy to hear you say that about your grandma. Because I'm thinking of all the different people I know of different races that it kind of didn't matter at that time. Like they were all consistently doing, at least in the sense of work, they were doing the same kind of thing. Yeah, and then like two, back you know back then too, I would imagine like all like you know, even though they were white immigrants, they were immigrants. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Like someone was saying that, uh, like Detroit, even though it's like you know what got like a super recognizable, like uh, I guess attitude, mm. like on the world stage. Yeah. You know, like I can't have shit Detroit memes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you know, there's not really a more like generous community that mm. like look out for each other. Mm. Like no matter what you know your race is. Mm. Mm-hmm. In the most part. Especially with like that older generation, like our mm. grandparents' generation. Right. I see. So I mean, I don't know. Mm. It was. I think it probably always been like that. Mm-hmm. I think you know, for the like suburbs. Mm. Oh okay, yeah. Cause I, I was, was, I was like, about to chime in there. In Detroit, you know, like <laughs> I was for sure about to jump the 60s in. Sixties happened, and like all the white people left. Mm. You know, I mean, even even now, still, it's predominantly black. Right. Now. now I'm not from here, um, so my understanding of Detroit came from a few things. Uh, Wikipedia, um, my dad playing the Temptations in the car, and um, my love for diners, my love for the American diner and the American diner experience. And um, I can say that it, it really has made me pause to see 
like this little planet Earth that exists yeah. in Detroit. Like you have people from places that are so fucking far away from here. Like if we could actually like like you know go Super Saiyan two mm-hmm. and then like travel like zoom and travel to like where the person who you meet at like the grocery store said that they're from. It's like another dimension. Like some people, like even Iraq. Yeah. Somebody saying they're from Iraq in the 1970s. That's a different like dimension. You couldn't even imagine what it was like to live there. What what your everyday life would be. What's normal there. None of that. And and here you have these people who are from that world who live here amongst mm-hmm. us in this in this uh, American city. It's a really unique thing. Um, yeah. It's a really really unique thing. And I yeah I've I've also. I guess maybe, maybe it was, well, tell me this, this is, I guess, my other question about dominant cultures in, in, um, Detroit. Was it 8 Mile that made a lot of white kids want to be like Eminem, or were there a lot of white kids that were already like Eminem that just got, like, national attention because of 8 Mile? I don't know. I mean, for me, I watched The it actual now. road or the movie? The movie. Oh. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> no. <laughs> Go ahead. For me, uh, I didn't watch that movie until I was like, I don't know, late teens. Okay. I feel like, yeah. and I didn't really listen to Eminem until I was probably like in middle school, high school. You know, I didn't listen to any of his better albums. <laughs> oh, I don't like the quotes there, bro. Uh, don't do that. No, I think oh my god. Um, no, I would say his music really had more of an influence on like, that. I don't know. So that's like probably the generation a few years before me. Okay. That you know might have like picked up on that culture and like took that uh, like thought that was like what Detroit was for like a white person maybe. Well, because there's I was saying this to Allie. Um, there's like a certain type of white guy that you run into in Metro Detroit that you don't really find anywhere else. And I always think that he's kind of like the 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 Eminemized like. <laughs> So they did exist prior. It was yeah. just in a much smaller number, way smaller way number smaller. than it was after Eminem hit the scene. It probably was just, you know, really like lower socioeconomic white people. Right. That, and you really like, got to think. They couldn't afford to live in the suburbs. Right. Or if they did live in the suburbs, right on the other side of 8 Mile. Right, but, right. You know. But the thing, the thing about it was like where he came from was almost celebrated by a lot of these fans in reception as, like, a glory story. Like, not to say, you know, always be proud of where you come from, where you were raised, your surroundings, all that. But, I mean, if you hear a lot of his music, he's not bragging about that, saying how good it was for him to come up in those conditions. And a lot of people that I feel like fit the stereotype you're talking Mm -hmm. about, they, like, they brand that shit almost. Like, they wear it on their sleeve. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, you know. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but... A lot of the their ways that they come to develop over time, they don't turn out to be the best. No. Not even just that mm-hmm. stereotypical type of white person. Just anybody that grows up in that kind yeah, of. Another way. thing I was thinking about too is like uh, when you said like when they learn about like race. Well, I guess like Detroit. <coughs> like as a kid, I would probably only really go down for like sporting events, mm-hmm. like going to a Red Wings game with my parents or like a Tigers game. Or Pistons played it out in Pontiac then, but uh, so like I didn't really I had like a not like like the image of Detroit in my head. Now that's like I remember one time we went 
went to uh, this like dinosaur thing at Joe Louis, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. like walking with dinosaurs mm-hmm. or something. I was probably I don't know how old I was, but I remember we took a bus down there from the Detroit Zoo, mm-hmm. and like took the took a bus back. And on the way back, I distinctly remember this like uh, I didn't know what drugs were at the time, but like I watched like this guy like take something out of his mouth and like you know hand it off to someone. And like you know, like a handshake, yeah. and like walk, walk in two separate directions. And I was like, so we were on the bus driving back at probably near Campus Marshall's area. Um, but I remember like turning and asked my dad. I was like, what? I was like, what just happened? He's like, oh, that was a drug deal. <laughs> probably thought they were swapping gum or something. Yeah, <laughs> Here you go, like, bro. I was, like, I was like, this guy just like took something out of his mouth and like you know, like, yikes, for money. And I was like, sickos. But no, back to what I was saying. Uh, as an adult, you know, and, like, growing up here in the suburbs and, like, having different friends and, like, realizing that, like, you know, the world at large and, like, the community, like, you know, that, like, for someone to be racist just blows my mind. Mm. There's nothing that screams small-minded more than being racist. Yeah. It seems almost, it, it seems, like, detrimental to the person being racist in a yeah. place like Detroit. You come you, off stupid. Because you have to... De- deal with every so day yeah. people yeah and like uh but i mean like growing up you know i would like hear things and you know from like relatives uh like not looking back now mm-hmm. but even you know sometimes not like people i don't really see no more because mm-hmm. they want to you know i don't want to drive an hour out and i don't really have it you know mm-hmm. i'll see my holidays or whatever but uh like looking back like yeah, you don't want to associate with yeah, them. And like, you know, it's just like you're a lot of like boomers, I'd say, like mm-hmm. baby boomer generation. Because I used to work for well, one that was probably not just a little younger than them. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I was like, yeah, you know, I live in Detroit mm-hmm. now. And he's like, oh, it's like, yo, you know, like it's like safe down there. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, like, you walk around, like, dude, like it's not. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not gonna go walk mm. like through, you know, a street with no lamp, like streetlights on it, or like a mm. sketchy area. Mm. But like, you know, if you're like downtown, like it's mm. not. And even those, you know, I used to DoorDash in Detroit. Yeah, <laughs> yikes. And I'm, I know I'm a lot. I like driving out to like some of the sketchy areas, like especially on the west side. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's like just blocks of abandoned houses and like you know I've as a white guy I'd be like man I'm a little nervous mm. yeah but you but, don't even have to be a white guy to say that though yeah 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 but I know like you know like where I live there's you know like downtown Detroit there's like a you know you I, wouldn't I, have I to think of that. like all different races yeah but like mm. you know further out of the main city yeah that's like that everywhere it's like a hundred something miles it's a big you know, place. Like a, another similar city, D.C., is like 62. Yeah. And to add Detroit's to what huge. add to what you said about Detroit kind of having its own planet Earth here, how much of a difference his boss's view on just Detroit itself mm-hmm. was. Like, I'm thinking in my head now, like, think about what this guy would avoid going to do off of a clear just a just a simple assumption of how somewhere it could be without ever seeing it for himself and i know those that's one of those situations where 
you don't want to go find out for yourself whether or not it's dangerous in case it is. But right. it's like it's like that guy's living in a whole other world as well because he just thinks it's dangerous everywhere down there. So it's like, oh, I'm not going to associate with it. I'm not going to go down there. And it's like, hey, do what you want, but yeah, missing just, out, buddy. I even had like, you know, like my one aunt, she's like, uh, she was probably born in the 60s. She was probably a kid when the riots happened. Mm. And they, you know, I would imagine they, they probably really didn't go downtown. Mm. Mm. You know? Yeah, then I don't blame them. You know, them. the 70s, 80s, mm. you know, probably as a white person, I would imagine they, that they didn't really go downtown. Mm. But, like, we, you know, we'll be playing, like, shows in the band. Mm. And, uh, it's like, she'd be Shout like, out Indigo Curve. And she'd be like, is it, she'd ask me, like, is it safe? Is it, would you come, come to the show? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's totally fine. It's like, can fall out. No, I just heard a couple gunshots. You should stay home. Uh, you know, what about, <laughs> Bust your gun a couple. I seen that. <laughs> Which I mean, you know, yeah, it's smart if you're living there if you're trying to sell and move out. But uh, I think that like um, yeah, it's like people's perception. You know, like that's the, you know, that generation, like older, born in the '60s or '70s or even '80s. You know, growing up and like probably watching the news. Yeah, that's a you big know, thing. And, like their parents too, like mm-hmm. probably have like a skewed view of Detroit, and I feel like you know I almost even had that as a kid growing up, because mm-hmm. just you know I just remember being like, poor, like, like poor, and like worst, like the big city where sports were played, mm-hmm. and like now as an adult, and you know it probably changed. One of my friends, Dante, you know, like, we were, we were talking about Detroit, and I was, like, ragging on I was, like, yeah, you know, like, what, I was probably, like, 16 or 17, uh-huh. and I was, like, ragging on the city, and he was, like, you know, like, uh, like, man, like, why do you, why do you think that, like, it's so much more, so much, like, history mm-hmm. and culture, and, you know, not, not even just, like, Motown and cars, but, like, uh, house music yeah like, yeah like the, just like the he was like like the spirit the spirit of Detroit like yeah. you know like the no realer place perseverance of people and like you know like yeah it's a city that like got fucked over by mm-hmm. all the white people leaving and you know taking all the business with them and but he's like you know it's still there and there's still so much still like, thriving like, to an like extent unique and cool mm-hmm. and good stuff down there mm-hmm. and you know as an adult like you know I, or like well after we had that conversation I kind of started thinking about it differently like as an adult you know going down there more as I turned 21 and then working down there and you know like now living down there it's it is a whole mm-hmm. it's its own thing whole thing I mm-hmm. think it does you know like thank you uh I mean, now, I Appreciate feel like, that. Uh, on its resurgence, is kind of, like, similar to how I grew up in the suburbs, like, there's, you know, all sorts of different races and people, and, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, we're all trying to live life, and, yeah, I don't, I don't see how people can, uh, can write it off so easily. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, man. And 
it was uh, it was really interesting hearing you talk about like how your how your beliefs changed over time and how uh, it takes certain exposures to certain uh, other perspectives to kind of get you there. Yeah, it's and like you know, someone else. not to say like <laughs> if you don't experience like different like it is a different culture from the suburbs. Yeah. And like you know, it'd be like going to like a different country almost. Mm-hmm. Seems like uh, it's the only place where everybody is, bro. Not yeah. only, but it's the main place where everybody is. I should say. Yeah, and I mean, like, uh, with without like having those experiences and like being open to you know how how different people live. Mm-hmm. Like you, I, I personally wouldn't. Feel like he is, like, not. I don't want to say smart, but like learned, like learned from like those experiences and differences. Yeah, and it's like a, you know, it's nice to learn new things. Yeah, I mean the the perspective that you get from from being around it um, only enriches you, you know, mm-hmm. over time. Um, <clears throat> speaking of time, what time are we at? That is a good um, question. But. <clears throat> I do want to say this. Uh, mm-hmm. Someone was, I've seen this thread on uh, thread on Reddit about looking at like uh, uh, like the the blight of Detroit. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, a lot of you know, like I was saying, like abandoned yeah. like blocks of abandoned houses. This person said, you know, I don't see that as like a like a bad thing. It's like it's almost like going like back in time mm-hmm. and like this, like like. Uh, like seeing like you know how mm-hmm. how prosperous and nice the city was at that time mm-hmm. and like how uh, like how big and how like how grand it was mm-hmm. and then like what went wrong mm-hmm. like you know all like all like the white people leaving the city and mm-hmm. like the city fell in the ruin and like those are those are like basically ruins yeah those are ruins and yeah. it's like it's, you know that's like an interesting way to look at it yeah it's like uh Testament to the past, bro. Yeah, and like you know, mm-hmm. like it's gonna happen. There's the person was saying like it's you know it's gonna happen in different cities too. Oh it's yeah, as it hasn't. Yeah, Detroit was just the first. I agree. Um, yeah, well, we're coming up on our time. Um, I think this was exactly where we needed to go with the race science yeah. laboratory segment. I think we did a really good job with that. You're next. I'm next. Yeah, next time it's you. <sighs> All I'm right, ready. Guys. I hope I, you're ready. I already got some questions for you a lot, so I, I gotta call Kanye, make sure he has the notes that I sent him. No, I'm kidding. Good. Um, I'd love to have him on the show. But uh, yeah, we'll. <laughs> yeah, bro. We'll do we'll do that next time. Uh, otherwise, this time, be sure to like and subscribe if you enjoyed this. Please do follow us not only on this YouTube channel, but we also have a podcast version of this, so you can go on your. Apple Podcast app. You can also go on Spotify and find us there as well. Please be sure to subscribe to anything that you find of us, and more stuff's coming down the pike. Keep working with us. Keep enjoying this. If you want to help us or if you want to talk to us about something, just go ahead and email us at twoblacknerds at proton.me. That's twoblacknerds at proton.me the number two the number two all right guys we love you peace